Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for this first Sunday of Advent. Uh, Lord, we come together with expectant hearts, expectant hearts not only of celebrating your birth, but also of your soon return. We thank you that you are our coming King, that you are coming again. And when you come at your second advent, Lord, we know that all things will be made new. But today, you've given to us a task as a job, uh, our task as a congregation, a job to do. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, help us to understand the task which you have given your church to accomplish in this day, in this day of expectation of your soon return, in this day of the expectation of all things being made new. Lord, that you, we would see as a congregation that you have called us to gather together, to be a gathering of believers around your word, so that we can be transformed by your word or by your grace, that we would be transformed and that we would become more and more like you in the way that we live our lives. And then that we would go, that we would go to a dark world with the light of Jesus Christ, that we would shine in the darkness, that we would bring the hope of the gospel to those who do not know you, that they too can be rescued from the kingdom of darkness and to be brought in to the kingdom of your beloved son. So give us your Holy Spirit today. Fill us, Lord, through your word. I pray that you would give me today the ability to speak so that people can hear and receive your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you today to turn in your Bibles to the second chapter of the book of Acts. I think that most of us know that the second chapter of the book of Acts actually speaks of the birth, the beginning of the church, this end times community gathered around word and sacraments to go and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today we pick up at the tail end of Peter's sermon to those in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 36, or chapter two, verse 36 through 47. The reading of God's word. Let all the house of Israel know therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3000 souls. And then we go on to the fellowship of believers, to the gathering of the body of Christ. What did the early church look like? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread 
and the prayers. And awe came upon the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the elder board and myself, we have, uh, we have been meeting and uh, we have been busy in formulating a vision statement for Maple Park Church. And uh, we decided that, that uh, a vision statement that is easy to remember is very important. So we have three words for you, three words, gather, transform, and go. We are a community that is called by the Holy Spirit to gather. By grace, we are transformed. And as we are transformed, we are called to go into our community and into our world as a visible expression of the risen Christ. So remember, what is Maple Park about? Well, we are about gathering, being transformed, and we are about going in the power of the Holy Spirit to bear witness to the reality of the gospel. And why do we do this? We do this because we seek to glorify God, that his name would be glorified, that his name would be made known within our community. Gather, transform, and go. Gather speaks to the ministry of God's people assembled around the word of God. We are a people gathered around his word. Transform speaks to the ministry of God's grace bestowing salvation being transformed in that we are, are transformed into the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ, that we are people being changed by grace. The gospel works. The gospel works. And the gospel transforms us. So we gather around God's word. We are transformed by his grace. And as we are transformed, we are compelled to go. We are compelled to go into this world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We are to go and to make disciples of all nations, starting here in our own community and then spreading to the ends of the earth. Gather, transform, and go. The vision is also cyclical. As we gather, we are transformed. As we are transformed, we go. And as we go, we gather more in. And as those people are gathered in, they are transformed and they go. So today we look at gather. 
gather. What does it mean to gather? We'll look at the who and the why and the what of gathering. Who gathers? Who gathers together? Well, the Holy Spirit calls believers to gather. Through the gospel of your salvation, you are given a desire by the Holy Spirit to gather with the body of Christ. You are given the desire to be with brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And this really isn't a desire that comes from us. It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through the word of the gospel that we are called to gather together. It is a desire given to us by the Spirit. And when we gather, we find comfort. We're reminded of the salvation that we've received in Jesus Christ. And it's so vital for believers to gather together. Did you know that gathering is vital to your faith? It is vital to your faith that you be with brothers and sisters in Christ, that you join with, in worship and fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters. I want you to consider a campfire. Maybe you've heard this analogy before. Consider the campfire. Several logs that are arranged together, they burn brightly. They give heat to all who gather around the fire. Take one log off the campfire, lay it away from the fire on the cold ground, and what happens to that log? Eventually it burns out. It stops burning. The same is true of believers. When we gather together, there is power in that because the Holy Spirit is working in and through us through his word and we burn brightly and we shine together as a beacon of hope and warmth and light to a lost world. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 through 25. If you'd like to turn there in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 through 25. Here the author of Hebrews encourages us the author says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You see the power in meeting together, we spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We burn brighter together. Then the author of Hebrews says, not giving up meeting together, he says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day, it's, in a, it's a capital D, the day approaching. Remember, we are an end times community. The whole New Testament continually speaks to the reality that we are living at the end of the age. So don't neglect meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Within the context of what the author of Hebrews is saying is this, in view of the reality of, of Jesus opening a new and living way for you, did you know that, that Jesus has opened a new and a living way for you through his blood? 
And having your heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The author of Hebrews is basically saying, how can we not gather with the fellowship of believers around God's word? You see, Christ has opened the curtain for you. To enter into the Holy of Holies, to know God, to approach his throne of grace with boldness. It's all through his blood. It's all through the cross. It's all by his grace. In view of that, how can we not gather together with believers? The enemy desires to separate us. He wants our faith to fizzle out. So we pray. We pray earnestly that we will never be separated from the gathering of believers around his word and the sacraments. The Holy Spirit is the one who calls us. He calls us to gather through the gospel, through the gospel of your salvation. You have been given a desire from the Holy Spirit to gather with fellow believers. This isn't a desire that comes from within me or from within you. It is a gift given by the Holy Spirit to gather with God's people. And here we find comfort. Here we are reminded of our salvation. Here we grow in faith. So that is, brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the who of gathering, but I think I've answered some other questions in that too. Now why? Why do we gather? The Holy Spirit calls us together to be nourished by his word. He calls us together to be nourished by his word. Now nourishment is vital for our physical bodies. Stop eating for a prolonged time. And you will see what will eventually happen to your body. Now, I could probably handle going for quite a while without eating and do just fine. But nourishment is vital from our bodies when we neglect eating healthy food. Our bodies have a difficult time remaining healthy. Neglect nourishment altogether. Just stop eating and the, the body will eventually die. And the same is true of our spiritual lives. To remain spiritually healthy, we receive the bread of life. What is the bread of life? It is the word of God. We can also say that Jesus himself is the bread of life. And when you open the word of God, you receive Christ and you receive the bread of life. So nourishment is essential to having a healthy body. Why is the Bible important? Because it is the word of God. It is the very word of God, which imparts life to you and I. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing. That's where faith comes from. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We see in our lesson today from Acts chapter two, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And what did the apostles teach? They taught the word of God. 
They taught the Old Testament and they taught the word that was given to them by Christ. Why do we gather? The Holy Spirit calls us to gather to be nourished by his word. What does a gathering of believers look like? What does it look like? This is the beauty of the church. I love the church. I love the church because the church is more than just us. The church is diverse and beautiful. The gathering of believers might look like the gathering of many in a magnificent basilica. Or it might look like a gathering of two or three in a humble home. It might look like a dozen gathered together in some third world country in a hut. The gathering of believers looks like a few gathered around the Bible in a jail or in a prison. You see, the body of Christ is beautiful. It's diverse. And I'm so thankful that the body of Christ doesn't look just like us. Because that would be boring, wouldn't it? The body of Christ is a beautiful body gathered all over the world, all nations, all ethnicities, gathered around God's word. What does it look like? Well, the gathering may include beautiful liturgy, grand organ music with postures of kneeling and crossing of oneself. The gathering might be a simple wooden structure with wooden pew, bare studs, no musical instruments, and simple a cappella songs. You know, we could meet and be just as powerful as a congregation if there were no it was just bare studs in this room. The gathering might be loud and boisterous with random shouts of praise and thanksgiving to God. The gathering might be quiet and contemplative. The one thing that makes it a gathering of believers is the Word of God. People gathered around, all different styles of music, all different styles of praise and of worship. But what makes it a gathering of believers is the Word of God. Being taught, being taught in its purity. The sacraments being administered according to the Word of God. Because where the word of God is taught and the sacraments are administered, there you have a church. There you have a church. So what does the gathering look like? Well, you can't explain it. It's a tapestry. It's a mosaic that is beautiful and diverse beyond description. Beyond description. How does the gathering of believers look at Maple Park? First of all, worship services like this. We gather together here. We gather together around God's word. 
to hear God's word read, to sing the truths of God's word, to hear the word of God preached, to pray in a way that reflects the truth of what God has spoken to us. So this is a gathering. This is a gathering of believers. And we desire for more people to gather here with us. Home life groups. A gathering that is a blessing to so many people. I would just like to see your hand. Have you been blessed by a home life group here at Maple Park? Put your hand up. What a blessing that is. Bible studies. Youth and children gathering together around God's word. Members of Maple Park visiting those in need at a hospital or a home. A Stephen ministry or a caring member going gathering with other believers in their time of need. And one-on-one, members encouraging each other just as they happen to meet each other, maybe at the grocery store or the bank or in the foyer. God desires for us to gather together. And when we gather together around word and sacraments, the Holy Spirit creates something special. And this thing that is special is called fellowship. Does anybody here know the Greek word for fellowship? Koinonia. Koinonia is that Greek word for fellowship. And it it is so difficult for us to understand this word koinonia because it is so deep and it is so rich. Um, Now koinonia is found in our sermon text today in Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship or to the koinonia, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Koinonia. It goes much deeper than our churchy language, fellowship. Sometimes we hear the word fellowship and we think of hanging out in the foyer with coffee and styrofoam cups. And we assume that that is fellowship, right? Now, one person told me you will recognize the Church of the Lutheran Brethren in heaven when you look for the group of people with coffee and styrofoam cups and hanging around and visiting each other. We think of coffee fellowship or fellowship meals, social gatherings, a time to chit-chat with one another. There's nothing wrong with that. I love coffee. I love visiting. I love being with people. But that certainly does not do justice to the term fellowship or koinonia, which we find in the New Testament. So the term koinonia can be translated in the following ways. Fellowship. Fellowship. Did you know that it's also translated as contribution? Contribution. In Romans chapter 15, verse 26, St. Paul writes this. For Macedonia and Achaia, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. So these these believers in Macedonia and Achaia 
gave a koinonia, or they made a koinonia that they contributed to the needs of the poor. Koinonia can also be tr uh, translated as participation. In 1 Corinthians 10 16, we read the cup of blessing that we bless. Is it not a participation or a koinonia? In the blood of Christ and the bread that we break, is it not a participation or koinonia in the body of Christ? It means partnership. Philippians 1 4. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you, always in every prayer of mine for, for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership or koinonia in the gospel from the first day until now. It can also be translated as share. Share. Philippians 3, 10 and 11 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share or koinonia in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So when we read our English Bibles, oftentimes we do not realize that this term koinonia has been translated in many different words, to contribute, to participate, to be in partnership or to share. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the fellowship of believers is more than drinking coffee. As much as I love coffee, it's more than that. The fellowship of believers is an intimate gathering in which we contribute to one another. We make a contribution to the body. So we contribute together. Uh, we, we share with one another. When one is in need, we, we make sure that, that the need is met by our sharing. We contribute, we share, and we partner with one another. We come alongside each other. And we participate with one another. Fellowship. A deep, beautiful word that describes the relationship the believers have with one another in the body of Christ. Church, this is why we want to gather. And this is why we want our community to gather with us as well. Understanding koinonia moves us away from passive spectator, from passive spectator to active participant in the gathering of believers. I'll be honest, church, I need you. I need you. And if you're honest, you'll say the same thing. Church, I need you. We need each other. I'm lacking in many ways. I'm insufficient in many ways. Your fellowship your koinonia with me adds to me, making my life richer and fuller by providing for me that which is lacking in my life. How many of you are willing to say, Pastor, I need people. I need people in my life. I can't do it alone. I need the church. 
And I think that when we are honest with ourselves, we'll say, yeah, life is messy. Life is difficult. Life is painful. I need the ministry of the church. I need the ministry of brothers and sisters in Christ who believe the same thing that I believe and who are going to encourage me in that rock-solid foundation that I have. How many of you would say that sometimes my life is messed up? Yeah, amen. That is why we gather together. It's okay to come in here and to say, my life is messy. I need you. It's okay to come in here depressed. It's okay to come in here with tears in your eyes. It's okay to come in here with guilt on your heart because of a stupid choice that you made. All right, this is the church. This is the gathering of believers. This is where you receive what you need in the difficulties that you face in life. So do not be afraid to share what you're going through with brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the worst things we can do is put on this, this, uh, this mask and pretend that everything's okay when we come in here. What we need to do is we need to be open and honest with each other and say, hey, I need the church. I need your ministry. I need your gift in my life today. So understanding koinonia moves us from passive spectator to active participant in the gathering or the fellowship of believers. Massive blessings, massive blessings come from gathering. And I truly believe that what what our world needs now more than anything is the community of the church. I believe that we have people in our neighborhood, in our community, that are more isolated and lonely than they have ever been before, probably maybe in the history of humanity with this new invention that we call social media. People are isolated and they are lonely. Just because you have 2,000 friends on Instagram doesn't mean you have intimate relationships with other people. So we need each other. And really, the way we can reach this next emerging generation is to simply say, come to my home, enter into my house, and have a meal with me. So think about it. How many of you know how to cook? A lot of young people out there are looking for, for somebody who's willing to cook for them and to invite them in for a meal. Notice what the fellowship around the word produced in the infant church. All who believed were gathered together and they had all things in common. Listen to this, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what did the Lord do? The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So through that gathering, through that community, through that fellowship, something powerful was happening. The Holy Spirit was working. The Holy Spirit was drawing people in to a relationship to Jesus Christ. So why is this possible? Why is this gathering possible? Why is a deep koinonia possible for us? One word, Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus is the one who died for the church. He is the one who died for you. Ephesians 5.25 is a passage about marriage, but it also teaches us something beautiful about the church. Ephesians 5.25 says Christ loved the church. He loved the church. And he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. This gathering is possible because of your Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for you. He died for you. He loves you. So today, know that you have been washed. All of your sins have been washed away. I love to tell this to people. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He can't see your sin. Your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. All Jesus can see when he looks at you is the righteous and holy blood of Jesus that has been applied to your sinful heart. He doesn't see your sin. And this uh, comes to us not because of what we have done, not through our good works, but because of the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross. This is the central thing that we gather around. This is what unites us. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. You see, it is through Jesus. Jesus is the only means through his cross and resurrection, through his finished work, his life, his teachings. The cross of Christ is the only means through which we can gather to be transformed and to go. Three words. Do you remember them? Gather, transform, and go. We are gathered by the Holy Spirit, a powerful thing. We are transformed as we gather through the word of Christ and his grace. And then we go as a visible expression of the risen Jesus to a dark world. You see, Maple Park seeks to glorify God. We want the name of Jesus to be lifted up. We want him to be glorified among us. And we do this by being gathered around his word. And through his word, we are transformed. Heart is transformed to reflect the heart of Jesus. And then we go. We go into this world, gather, transform, and go. Are you with me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you have gathered us together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are gathered by your spirit to hear your word and to be transformed by this gathering, transformed into a people who go, who go in the power of the spirit as witnesses to the reality of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So, so fill this church today to those who come discouraged, who carry heavy burdens, Heavenly Father, to those who carry the guilt of sin, I pray that today they would do business with you, and that they would find in you the great freedom that you give to us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
So help us, Heavenly Father, to lift our voices to you, to sing praise, to sing thanksgiving, to reflect back to you the truth of the word which we have heard today. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen.